1: And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you find podcasts. You'll find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. I want to talk about a couple things on today's show. One of them is about a a story I wrote about the Packers' return, potentially anyway, to a more play-action-heavy offense But I want to set it up in uh, this way. There is a unique perspective that I think Packer fans got, at least unique to them, given the way the last decade has gone. When Aaron Rodgers got hurt, I was really excited about thinking, this is nerdy, okay, and I understand that. I was really excited to think about and then see and analyze the way in which the Packers' offense would change under Mike McCarthy. And I was really excited to see and analyze the way that the defense would change under Mike Patton a year later. And I think a lot of the the things that I was excited about in terms of analyzing changes— came to fruition at least for stretches with the Packers. A lot of the things that that prevented Mike Patton from being as creative as he wanted to be was injuries. And you go back and look at the defenses he had when, when his defenses were mauling people. They were so good at disguising coverages that made his exotic blitzes even more effective. Well, you lose all of your defensive backs of, of record anyway... I mean, Jair Alexander was in and out of the lineup. Tremon Williams, you have to move to safety. Kevin King gets hurt, and now you're playing rookies. That's a problem. But going back to this point about Brett Hundley, Mike McCarthy didn't change the offense that much, and I thought he should have. He expected Brett Hundley to run Aaron Rodgers' offense, and that was the moment, for me anyway, when I realized this is just not going to work. Mike McCarthy is not the guy for this. He is not adaptable enough for the modern NFL and not adaptable enough for a team that doesn't have, you know, all-world guys everywhere. I mean, Ryan Grant, and I've brought this up on the show since he said it. I brought it up before he said it. But Ryan Grant said in that tie Dunn piece, please don't immediately recoil when you hear me mention that story. He mentioned that the offense that Mike McCarthy wanted to run was great when they had James Jones, Donald Driver, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, all those guys, Jermichael Finley. It's great. But when you have Devontae Adams and three rookies and, you know, Geronimo Allison gets hurt and your tight end is not really acculturated into the offense, your team is going to struggle. And when you have a. Backup quarterback who does not have all of the same abilities to make reads and decisions and throws as Aaron Rodgers, but has all of these other tools and gifts, you have to adjust. And Mike McCarthy just didn't, whether it was an inability or uh, an unwillingness to act. Matt LaFleur is in a similar position now, and I feel similarly about this team as I did. In you know at least the first couple weeks with Brett Hundley, after after about the first month, I realized mm, this is just not going to change. Mike McCarthy is just not going to do anything. Uh, uh, this offense is going to look different. It's going to look very different. And it is nice to have Nathaniel Hackett and Luke Getze who have experience in offenses that more closely resemble, at least from a verbiage standpoint, but also from a, con- a concept standpoint, the, the offense that Mike McCarthy ran. And that's going to ease the transition, I think, to some degree. But the concepts are different. Conceptually, this offense is going to look different. Philosophically, this offense is going to look different. It is exciting to think about that. Exciting to think about an entirely new way of looking at the game. And, and maybe entirely new is overstating it. Because the Mike Shanahan offense, which is... You know, Matt LaFleur is from the Mike Shanahan school, the Mike Shanahan coaching tree. You know, the Sean McVay coaching tree is really the the Mike Shanahan coaching tree. And he's on the Kyle Shanahan tree. And that offense is a facet of the West Coast broader spectrum. So it's not the case that this this offense you know does not in any way resemble you know what Mike McCarthy did. Running inside zone and outside zone, you know, there are certainly differences there, important differences there. But you're not changing everything about what you're looking for in an offensive lineman. And you know, the slant flat as a foundational piece of the passing game is going to die, but there are still plenty of concepts that are going to that are going to be familiar to Packers fans that are going to be familiar to the players but the philosophy of this team is going to be different and the willingness to adapt and the willingness to create and be malleable and think about things a little bit differently and be open to you know uh, other ideas that are out there in the world in the football world i mean the bears I asked the Bears coaches about this last year. You know, they are always out there looking at other concepts and ways that they, they can, you know, borrow. It's not stealing, it's borrowing concepts. The Chiefs do this, the Eagles, I mean, there are teams in the NFL that have coaches whose job description involves stealing plays and finding plays that other teams are using and and that are working for them. That is not. I'm not saying that's going to happen in Green Bay. I'm not saying it's not happening. I don't, I don't know for a fact that it is. I don't know for a fact that it isn't. Matt LaFleur strikes me as someone who is more open to those kinds of ideals. And when you watched his Tennessee offense, he was good at creating these counters. This is our tendency, and so we've got this counter off this tendency that's going to create a touchdown for us. And you look at some of the teams that, that he was able to have success against. They were well schooled defenses. This is one of those interesting things, you know. I, I think you you judge the quality of a poker player based on how well he handles playing against other people who really know how to play. You can put an amateur at a table with a bunch of pro players and he can get on a heater and you know take some of those guys' money. That's just the nature of of anything of chance because football, you know, it is it is organized chaos. But at his heart is still there's a lot of chaos, and it is you know you you Bill Belichick talks about this. He would much rather game plan for Peyton Manning because he knows the discipline of Peyton Manning. He knows the thought process of Peyton Manning. He knows the ideology of Peyton Manning. It is quarterbacks like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, who scare him because they can improvise and they can do things off-platform, and they're not going to be disciplined. So you go back and you look at some of those games that, that Matt LaFleur coached against someone like Bill Belichick, someone you know, those defenses are disciplined, and they know what's coming. They are schooled on what you're going to do. So here are the 6, 8, 10, 12 counters that we have because we know that you know when we come out in this look that we want to do this. And I'm going to use that to my advantage. That is how Matt LaFleur thinks about offense. That is really exciting because that means the offense in week one is going to do some stuff and then in week two, they're going to build off the stuff they did in week one knowing that defenses are going to adjust. They're going to have film and they're going to say we can do this against them and we can do that against them and Matt LaFleur is able to say, okay, here's what I think they're going to do. Here's how teams have have handled these things in the past. Here's how this defense handled it. Here's how another defense is going to handle it. And now here's our counter. And everything builds. By the end with Mike McCarthy, it felt like he was doing Aaron Rodgers karaoke. He was doing Green Bay Packer, Mike McCarthy karaoke. That That, you know, the words were the same the music sounded the same but the artist was a little bit different it is important i think that we recognize that that offense while it was effective when it was effective it just the, the evolution wasn't there and more to the point there was there was nothing to build to it was like he had he had called every play that he was ever going to call and it, it was it was as if you know, he was some teenage kid playing Madden, and and there was no rhyme or reason to why call, plays were being called. It wasn't like okay, the the Packers are going to run this, and then here are the three plays that they're going to run off that. Once they see this look, here's what they're going to do because there were a couple looks I talked about them last year. There was a running back fly look that they half-assed went back to, and I I, I felt like. They should, have, they should have run every concept off that and done it for a whole game and said, here's what we're going to do, and we're going to run it three, four times and see how you respond. And they just didn't do it. And that is the difference. And that difference, you know, I think if you're a Packers fan, has to be really exciting because it's not going to be the same. We knew going into a game with a Dom Capers defense what to expect. And we knew with a Mike McCarthy offense what to expect. Mike Patton wants to change every week. He wants the the defense to look different every week. And Mike McCarthy, he wanted the offense to look the same every week. He just wanted you to execute better. Well, Matt LaFleur, yes, there is a foundation of the offense, but he also wants to change. He wants it to look different. He wants it to evolve and grow, and that is exciting because that's going to give us not, I mean, not just for me for in the content business, because that's going to give us so much more to talk about, but also because it's going to be new and different and exciting and, and it's going to change. And no two games are going to look exactly alike. You watch the Rams for a month and the four games, they're going to do a lot of the same things, but they're going to make it look different. This is what the Patriots are so good at. We're going to run the same concepts, but we're going to make them look totally different. That is what you have to do in the NFL. And the Packers, we think, remember this is all predicated on who we think Matt LaFleur is going to be. We think that Matt LaFleur has changed that mindset in Green Bay. Before we move on, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own at Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. fresh and clean so you can too there is a light at the end of the tunnel so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the lawnmower 3.0 get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on so the follow-up to this discussion this excitement that i think there has to be around the the newness of this offense and you know there is the caveat to this i talked about it a little bit last week and that was you know this concern about getting everything in before the season starts because i do think that's something that that we we have to be aware of that this is going to be a process especially early in the year for the packers but the the philosophical difference I wrote about this for Acme Packing Company, and so, I, you know, I want you to go read the piece. I don't want to just, you know, rehash everything here. I want to, you know, in some ways, I want to reward those of you that are actually engaging in the old school methodology of consuming information that is reading. But, <laughs> but so I wrote this, uh, you know, the Packers offense with Mike McCarthy, I talked about that predictability. Well, part of that predictability was a failure of using the play-action game. And play-action is the most efficient play in the game. And nearly every team in the league sees an improvement in their quarterback play when the team goes to play-action. And and the reasons for that are myriad, and we're not going to get into them here. And and the the example that I used is, if you take Aaron Rodgers' record-setting 2011 season and the passer rating that he posted. Every year, going back to when he was the MVP in 2011, someone posted that number or better off play action. In other words, as a play action passer, every year since Aaron Rodgers broke that record, someone was as good as he was in the greatest quarterback season we've ever seen. In terms of efficiency. Off play action. And yet. It hasn't been since 2014. That Aaron Rodgers was particularly effective. As a play action passer. In fact last year he was more effective. As a pocket passer. And the reasons for that are again. Myriad. Part of it is the play calling. Situationally was bad. Part of it was the execution was bad. Part of it. Was the play design was bad. And part of it was Aaron Rodgers just missed throws. We're used to seeing him make. And there, you know there's no accounting for that in some ways. You know There are a number of times when he had wide open guys and just missed them. I used two examples uh, in, in the piece to Equinemius St. Brown. He's running wide open. We expect Aaron Rodgers to make those throws. And he didn't or couldn't or whatever it was. The tibial plateau fracture potentially playing a role there. We don't know the, the reality of that part of this, but I do think it's it's worth taking into consideration. Another thing that I think has to be taken into consideration here is play action relies on moving the pocket. It relies on a quarterback using his legs. Mobile quarterbacks have often succeeded more often and more effectively in these kinds of offenses because of their ability to extend plays And their movement outside the pocket makes them more dangerous. If you move the pocket, if you use a boot action with Aaron Rodgers, and everyone is seeing a run to the left, let's say, and Aaron Jones is coming downhill, and Rodgers extends that ball, the linebackers react. Okay, Rodgers pulls the ball back, and he pivots around and boots to the edge. And now he's running with green grass in front of him. The linebackers are on their heels. And you've got Marquez Valdez-Scantling running some sort of, let's call it a deep post. You've got Devontae Adams running a deep over. The free safety doesn't know who to cover. The linebackers don't know who to cover. And oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers, if he wants to, can pick up 15 yards with his legs just by attacking the corner. What do you do as a defense? And then if... You are able to do those things there offensively. Does that satisfy Roger's craving as he is wont to do to play off script, to play sandlot football? When you are able to get those action plays and he's booted out and he has that option to run, does that satisfy his urge? You know, maybe, maybe it is the case that he is. You know, he he wants to play off script in those moments. Well, maybe he has the opportunities. Maybe it has always simply been the case that he wanted to push the ball down the field with a little bit more force. Well, this offense is going to give him those opportunities on play action, shot, plays. We all can remember, in 2011 especially, but we saw it in 2012, 13, 14, Aaron Rodgers lining up two receivers, full house backfield, and you go play action, and it's a 70-yard touchdown to Jordan Nelson. Demonte Adams is that kind of down-the-field threat. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Equinemius St. Brown, they can be that kind of down-the-field threat. And when you have that kind of deep threat, you have an offense that can create these enormous chunk plays. Aaron Rodgers in 2014, when he was the MVP, was a play-action monster. Having Eddie Lacy probably helped, but also so did having Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson and a really good offensive line. We think this offensive line is going to be good. We think this run game is going to be good. And we know Devontae Adams is a superstar receiver. All of the pieces now are in place for this play-action game to retake center stage. There's no reason, and and look, center stage is the wrong way of of phrasing it. Even the most frequent users of play action last year, by a percentage of drop back, only used it 30 35% of passes. So we're still talking about roughly a third of all passes, but last year, the Packers only used it about a fifth of the time, about 20%. Well, if play action is so efficient, why would you not call it more? the Packers are going to call it more. That doesn't guarantee they'll be more efficient, but when you have Aaron Rodgers and you have a healthy Aaron Rodgers, we presume, you know, just NFL averages say he's going to be better. If he just regresses to NFL norms of improvement, the play-action game is going to be better and he's going to be better overall. Focusing more on play-action makes life for Rodgers easier, which is part of the reason that people are excited about Matt LaFleur. And it is it is built into the nature of this offense and the play-action game to create shot plays, which is something Rodgers already wants to do. So, you know, there are a lot of Packer fans, and I understand there's the cynical part of a lot of, a lot of fans to say, you know, if they call these plays, is Rogers going to do what is called, or is he going to dance around and want to do whatever? Well, if the point of the play is to create a 60-yard touchdown. That's what Rodgers wants to do anyway. So if that's the play call, yeah, of course he's going to want to do that. I mean, I think we have to remember here, Rodgers didn't just forget how to play football. He lost faith in a system. And, and he did, you know, I think it's fair to criticize it. He redeveloped some bad habits. And it has been unwilling to pull the trigger on throws. He should probably pull the trigger on. But the reason this offense makes sense for this part of Aaron Rodgers' career is it's still going to allow him to create those shot plays. It's still going to allow him, at times, to create some sandlot plays. But it's going to take the burden off him because, as I said, well-designed play action, and this offense has well-designed play action in it Theoretically, if they can execute it, then you should become more efficient and it should be less imperative on Rodgers to be more effective. This is an offense that should allow Aaron Rodgers to age gracefully, which is something that all Packer fans and Packer organizationally, they should want. So I want to bring this back to my original point. Given everything that we've now discussed it's hard not to be excited about what that means for this team. There is a plan here, not just to make Aaron Rodgers great again, pardon the parlance, but to extend his career. And it's not even necessarily intentional. It is just the nature of Matt LaFleur's offense and what they want to do. That could return him to that kind of effectiveness. He still has to do it. He still has to stay healthy. But there's the scheme now, the play calling in place, and the players in place for this to coalesce. Now, that doesn't guarantee that in year one it's going to look like it should. But if it does, even by year two, we should expect it to be really, really good if everything goes the way we think it could. That's not, that's not to say that you know it's a guarantee Matt LaFleur is going to be a good coach. But this offense, given the skill players, given the quarterback, it's hard not to be excited about what they can do. And when you hear reports about how excited the coaches are about Marquez Valdez-Scantling and, and how impressive he's been, the deep threat in this offense and what he can do, there are so many components here. From a fan perspective, the newness is its own sort of excitement, but then I think when you take in the context of everything, there's also something to be excited about, and speaking of being excited, get excited for Father's Day. You know what your dad needs. He's been wearing that same ratty belt for years. Get him a Grip6 belt. Today's show is brought to you in part by Grip6, an ultra lightweight belt with no holes, no flap, and it's great. For Father's Day, go to grip six, the number six dot com slash lock L O C K E to get a special offer.
0: Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast.
1: We got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league
0: here. Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on locked on NFL subscribe or follow today, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right. I'm going to be back tomorrow and a lot more to come on locked on Packers as we head toward training camp, which yeah, it's a, it's a long way away, unfortunately. And, uh, we will find ways to pass the time. Thank you for those of you who have already sent in some some football-adjacent questions. I'm already working on lining up guests to come in and, and keep you entertained as we move through the offseason. But my suspicion is as we, we move through the spring, we always had stuff to talk about. And I think as we move through the summer, we will continue to find things to talk about. There will just be things. We won't have to manufacture topics to get to there'll just be reasons to talk about the packers and this team and and what we're looking for here so uh keep it locked on that's the moral of the story and the best way to do that subscribe itunes spotify google play himalaya wherever you find podcasts you will find locked on packers and uh, leave a review at one of those places review us on facebook like us on facebook we have a facebook group a community for locked on packers members a, a number of fans that is growing and continues to grow and and so we are uh, incredibly grateful for all of you who are taking part in the Lockdown Packers community so share that with those around you share an episode on Facebook let them know that you are in to Lockdown Packers and anytime you want to hit us up on the Lockdown Packers fan hotline you can do that 920-341-3775 send your questions to me there send them to me on twitter at peter underscore bukowski send them to the podcast twitter which you should also be following at locked on packers all of that is there for you because in the off season sometimes it can be hard to quench your thirst for packers content for packers knowledge for everything related to your favorite team so the best way to deal with all of that is easy you have to stay locked on packers